0: Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is
1: Mike. How you doing, Mike? It's really warm. Like I'm uncomfortably warm. warm, so there's that.
0: I live in a typically cold and depressingly weather province and it is warm here. So I can only imagine how bad it is where you are.
1: It's awful. Like, like again, to, to be Canadian, 35 degrees. Like it's that like it, which is hot Yeah. and it's really muggy and it's really humid. And unfortunately in order to record, not only do you not want a lot of sound near you, but I have to be upstairs where I live and downstairs has, I mean, there's an air conditioner upstairs too, but I have to have it off for this. So I'm like, I'm going to be sweating by the end of this hour. So I'm feeling that I'm feeling the heat, but I'm also really excited because this to me, at least this is the most we've transitioned from the off season to our previews. And now this is really like, it's, it's the draft prep time. Like we're getting so close to the draft. We like from now until the season starts, we're going to be talking about, Draft strategies and do's and don'ts, which is today, and going through our rankings, which I'm really excited to fight over. Um, Previews for kind of the opening and the starts and sits. I think we're. I think we promised to do another mock draft. I don't. We did. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're going to do another one. So this to me is it's it's really exciting. So I'm sweating, but also very excited.
0: Yep. We are officially into July now. We're recording this july 5th so training camps are underway things are looking up for the nfl
1: a lot of news as a month away from uh preseason i think so yeah yeah i think the the hall of fame game whatever is right at the beginning of august usually
0: yeah i think it's first week or like a little into the second week of August yeah, yeah. so we're Might almost be after there that long weekend yeah
1: but it's close right like we're about a month away from preseason so many of our questions should be hopefully answered by then yeah hopefully um we have a fair bit of
0: news to get into today just because of how early we recorded last week cuz there really hasn't been all that much news this is over a week's worth of news and it's not that much when you look at it that way Uh, But let's dive right into it because we've got some draft do's and don'ts to go over today. So coming out of the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb is expected to be used as a receiver out of the backfield more. So that is great news because he's pretty, pretty consensus ranked as a top running back, especially in standard formats. So if he can get involved in the passing game a bit more, that would really boost him across the half PPR and PPR formats as well. Uh, just because of how good of a running back he is, and how much they let him run. Obviously, that's dependent on how Deshaun Watson turns out this year. Because obviously, Nick Chubb took a hit last year once Watson took over. But hopefully, now that he's got you know like the off season and a couple of games under his belt, he should be able to take a step forward. Emphasis well, on the let, should.
1: Should yeah. Let me let me pull up my my definitive rankings. Um, that I've been working on here, and see where Nick Chubb is now. Yeah, this news would would bump him up for me, um, because I think I I mean, listen, shouldn't, couldn't, who knows? I, how could how could Watson have a worse year than last year? Because like, that's impossible. Well, exactly. There's no way yeah. to go butt up. So you've got to assume he's at least going to get a bit better, and even even just getting a bit better, he's definitely a top five running back. And then it's, I think, where you want to place him from there. But I don't know. Are there is there anyone out there who would disagree that Nick Chubb's a top five running back, regardless?
0: Yeah, I don't know. If you disagree, let us know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can write in and tell us we're stupid. But yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of that's to me looking at my definitive list. There's room for him to grow, and I and I am going to bump him up here. My official rankings. Stay tuned uh, for more on that. Uh, but I'll uh, I'll definitely make that adjustment because he, he's going to become more valuable if they're going to use him out of the backfield, if they're going to throw to him. Um, and I'm just assuming that Watson can't possibly get worse than last year. So there's nowhere to go but up.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It, it can't be worse than last
1: year. It just can't be. That was a disaster. Like an absolute yeah. embarrassment disaster. Didn't you have Watson for a while too? Like you had him as like a backup. Like he wasn't. He was never your starter, but didn't you have him as a quarterback for a bit?
0: Yeah, I picked him up and just kept him on my bench in the event that he panned out. That way, he couldn't be used against me because I did have but that hurts. Never <laughs> and yeah, and then he imploded. So then I just let him go on his way, and yes, I ended no up picking up. Yeah, I ended up picking up Brock Purdy, so it worked out. Anyways, yes, yeah. Um, another running back who's got some good news in terms of his fantasy value is that. As of right now, Brees Hall is expected to be ready around the start of season, but no guarantees for week one. So that kind of narrows down the time frame of what we can expect him to miss. It seems like it might be more a week or two, not a month or two from the season.
1: Well, it makes a pretty big uh, difference.
0: It does. Um, it did bump him up a bit in my rankings, but... I'm still a lot less bullish on Brees Hall than a lot of the fantasy community just because of all the data out there for running backs coming back from ACLs.
1: I, uh, I have to echo that. Like I have a lot of people above, <laughs> above him too. Now, now again, I, I don't know where other people are ranking him. Like I haven't really dived into that too, too much. And I know when you and I do our rankings, um, I mean, for a little behind the scenes, we're going to give you folks one list Like we're not going to give you two lists. We're going to give you like a combination of Josh and my list. So it's not going to be like, oh, you got two lists, but we will argue. But I think depending upon where you're saying you have them, it sounds like we both have them a little lower um, than maybe what other people are thinking. But, But it does make a big difference to me if a player is out for two weeks and a player is out for a month. Like even just in terms of the slow recovery, you've got to assume that a player comes back from injury they're going to take a few weeks to get back to where they were. So even if they're playing, I don't think there could be a shadow of themselves. So to me that, that does make a bit of a difference.
0: Yeah. Still not someone I'm targeting, like with the top pick though, he would be more like a backup. I
1: don't, if you have him as your, your number one running back, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, Another, Potential troublesome RB one, Josh Jacobs could hold out week one of the
1: 2023
0: season. the The holdout word has been spoken.
1: Ugh, now I gotta adjust my rankings for that too, because I I have him quite high if he's playing. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> if, it's if a, he's exactly, playing. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know that sounds like really dumb, but it's it's honestly the way it. Like if he's playing, he's high. If he's not playing. <laughs> then he obviously drops down yeah that's gonna be tough it's gonna it's really how do you how do you place that that's a big blow for vegas they gotta get this contract sorted out like i don't think they realize they need like he's a huge part of what they can do this year they could have a great year ahead of them but if he's holding out that could last forever that might not be a one week thing that could be half your season gone
0: oh yeah well, that's what we saw with uh, Le'Veon Bell the last time we yep. really had a high-profile running back. So, yeah, it could be very bad, especially for fantasy. if you Because essentially you have to spend a first-round pick for Josh Jacobs is where he's mm. typically going. Maybe, maybe a second-round pick. Uh, but either way, that's a lot of your team's draft capital being put into a player who might not play this season.
1: I have him ranked high. I do. Yep, So um, so do I. I don't really want to move him yet, but if he's sitting out, like that's the that's what makes it tough. And I like again beyond fantasy, I really believe this on a football standpoint. Vegas has to work something out here because they're gonna need him. Uh, he had a great year last year, but their I think their offense is looking better. Like I do think Garoppolo's got something else in him, and I actually believe that if Garoppolo is not doing well, they're gonna bring in Tom Brady. So I think that they're they they want to have an amazing year. For Vegas, they're they're jealous. The Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, and they're like, we gotta we gotta do something here. We gotta get that Vegas attention.
0: That's right. Yeah, and another running back who we've had some news about. So apparently, the Miami Dolphins have offered Dalvin Cook contract. However, no details or terms on it have been released, and it as of re- this recording has still not been accepted. I've also I read an article <laughs> before we recorded too that said that multiple teams have offers into him, none of which have been accepted, but I could not find out what these other teams were. So the only one I I can confirm is the Dolphins have submitted a contract offer to him.
1: I just, I don't, I don't get why the Dolphins think they need him. I get that he's better than what they have, but they have a pretty deep running back room right now. And maybe like, maybe they just figure we don't care. He's another big weapon. He's going to come in like no matter where Dalvin Cook plays, he, he's a potential game breaker for you in fantasy. And, no, and some that's of that's right. recency bias. But last year he was great for me and he at times didn't even have a great season and yet still was providing points. Um, and Miami has a powerful offense, so he would be utilized there and utilized well. And that would take off a lot of heat off of Tua. I think they could keep him hopefully safer with having a good running back option um but wow i i when you sent me that cuz i remember i like i texted you and i was just like i don't like that's a sh-. of all the teams i could have thought of miami was not even on my list
0: yeah i don't really know if uh yeah i the only thing i can say is i i think that they're just looking at it as when are we going to get a chance to get a guy like this again so Let's try to just make it happen, and then we'll, we'll do Ezekiel we'll deal Elliott's with the two guys we have.
1: What if, like Ezekiel Elliott said? I there. would
0: I would say Dalvin Cook is better than
1: Elliott though. I, I would agree. I would agree. I guess my point more is this is happening all the time. Austin Eckler wanted out of the Chargers, not like what a month ago.
0: He still wants out. He's just I think accepted. He's, he's going to play. He's accepted them this year. a contract.
1: Yeah, he's accepted a contract. At least he's on a contract. Josh Jacobs is holding out. I mean, my like it seems like if you want to get a running back. This is the season to do it. So maybe you're right. Maybe they just figure, like, listen, if we add Dalvin Cook, we become more threatening. And they do, like, I would look at my rankings differently in terms of even just the teams. If, if, so long as two is healthy, if they add a weapon like Dalvin Cook, they're right up there with the Bills for me. Like, the two of them are right up there at the top of that division.
0: Absolutely. Uh, some other news from the same uh, division. The Patriots have signed Devontae Parker to a new three-year contract worth $33 million, with $14 million guaranteed.
1: Ooh. <laughs> That's a lot of
0: money. <laughs> yep, but it still gives them cap room to sign DeAndre Hopkins, who's still showing t- his two top landing spots as of right now as the Patriots and the Titans. Yeah. So, yeah. it is possible that they... They worked Devontae Parker's contract that way to make sure that they still had enough room for Hopkins for this season. So I'll be interested to see if he signs with them or not. If the Patriots
1: get Hopkins and the the Dolphins get Cook,
0: the AFC East just became an extremely competitive
1: Yes, And I would look, I would be, if I was part of the Bills staff, I would be saying, we got to go out and get Elliott. We yeah, to get a running back, we got because that's the only game changer they could get. Like, we got to do it. We got to do something here because, and, and they do need to do something. Yes, I and I'm with you on that. They really do. And Hopkins, again, it doesn't matter if it, w- what type of quarterback he's with. I believe Hopkins it has the potential to get big points and is a good free agent choice, even if he's with someone like Mac Jones, because I just think he can bring out the good in quarterbacks. We've seen it with him before. So I just think that he will make a big difference if he's a Patriot.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Romeo Dobbs has apparently become Jordan Love's go-to guy. So seems like he might be establishing himself as the wide receiver one with Jordan Love. Still remains to be seen how valuable that is though, because we <laughs> haven't seen Jordan Love play yet. It, it could yeah. work out right. <laughs> if, if he just hyper targets yeah. him. I don't think it would work out if you drafted Jordan Love, but it could work out right. if you have Romeo Dobbs.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, take it what you will from now, like Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson or whatever they're going to do, and again, you just don't know what that team um what they're going to do. I I personally am am hesitant to pick more than one from the Packers, like if you were to pick one. So maybe Dobbs is now the one saying, okay, if he's going to be number one, then he might be worth picking. But then I just haven't seen enough out of Jordan Love to see, like, is he someone who's going to score a lot of points? Like, is this going to be a good offensive team? We don't know. We don't know enough about Jordan Love, I think, yet. We're going to get to know him a lot this year. Yeah, we're going to find out this year. Yep. But he's an unknown, unknown quantity. Um, I don't have the Green Bay offensive players for the most part that high. I think the only one on my list that's even in like a decent striking range is someone like Aaron Jones for running. Back. Yeah, like I'm, provide I'm in the same
0: position. High. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same position here. Uh, Pete Carroll for the Seattle Seahawks reports. Rookie Zach Charbonnet does everything well and is a complete ball player. Just further stabbing the knife in the heart of the Kenneth Walker truthers out there
1: so okay that's interesting because Kenneth Walker is still getting a lot of love from a lot of people everywhere
0: he is and I am not one of them because
1: you think think he's going to drop then you don't think he's going to get the same amount of attention this year
0: no because he so last season they brought him in and Rashad Mm -hmm. Penny was the guy Until he got Mm -hmm. hurt. And then there was no one else competing with Kenneth Walker. And he did great. But now they brought in another new guy with a top draft pick. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they're going to use him. Maybe they won't. Maybe Kenneth Walker will take on the Rashad Penny role. And Zach Charbonnet will just sit on the bench. And unless Walker gets hurt. But Walker also got hurt twice last season. So I just don't. I don't have as high expectations as it seems a lot of the fantasy community does for him. I still think Kenneth Walker would be good, but I think he's going to be like RB two good, not RB one. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. I mean, anytime you get into a situation where a team is going to use dual running backs, it might be really good for the team, but it can really start to damage your fantasy value for certain players. I guess for, from my perspective, Most coaches in the past, even though they talk up rookies a lot, they love talking up rookies and they love getting, you know, at times they will make a choice and say, fine, we're just going to release this player because we have a rookie who can do it for less money. When push comes to shove at the beginning of the year, those veterans get their due diligence, get their opportunity. And Kenneth Walker third is not even like a, a, an older player. So I just, There's a part of me that thinks like, well, maybe he'll feel some of that pressure and finally do something about it. Maybe he'll see that his position isn't a guarantee and he'll push through. Um, It's not like I have Kenneth Walker really high on my list. I agree with you. I'm not looking for him to be my number one running back, but I just, I don't know if this is enough to scare me away yet, but my mind can be changed come preseason, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's enough to scare me away as him being my top running back on my team. Outside of that, Uh, like if I had, yeah, yeah, if I had like Austin Eckler and then Kenneth Walker was my number two, no problem because I'm going to rely on Austin Eckler, right? Yes, I'm not relying on Kenneth Walker. That's
1: not a bad combo.
0: But pre NFL draft, Kenneth Walker was looked at as he can easily be your RB one and carry your team.
1: Oh, see, I I don't agree with that assessment either.
0: Well, that that's where it was shaping up. They had nobody behind him. Right. So it was just going to be more of last season after Rashad went and he was very good. So if we got a full season of that, then why not an RB one? He's probably going to finish in the top 10. Right. But now we've got that competition. So the odds of that happening just basically imploded. So now that's why if I have someone elite to pair with him, then I'm okay, but I'm not taking him to be my elite guy.
1: Yeah. Like I, and I get that. Like, and he would probably be around that number. To me, the magic number is 12. that That's been That's always my magic number. Can I name 12 people, 12 running backs above a running back like Kenneth Walker, even before the draft, who I would take beforehand? And the answer for me would be yes. So he would still be a number, but maybe he's a little like higher where I'm like, well, maybe he's the 13th. Maybe he's right there or on the cusp. But this definitely, this news regardless drops him quite a bit for me because there's some other players who who you know are going to be a little bit less challenged and have a little bit more you know ball access just for want of a better term than than Kenneth Walker will so it definitely does start to to drop him for me um I think he'll get his chance regardless of what some rookies come out of the gate and they're flying and some of them nothing happens so I until until I hear otherwise I'm uh I'm still going to think that they're going to start Kenneth Walker and go with him for a bit.
0: I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm just I'm just spooked by the, the drop in uh, total touches and receptions that I think will come because of Charbonnet. Um, last bit of news here. So there were more season-long suspensions that came out of the NFL for players involved with gambling. Um, none were really offensive players. Probably not going to impact your your fantasy team so much. Two were on the Colts' defense, I believe. So their dif- defense could take a hit for the uh, if you have them for fantasy. So just keep in mind with that. And I don't know if this is going to be the last that we see of suspensions coming out, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something to keep your eye on because it could weaken and deplete the defense depending upon what the players are. But I, I definitely do not think that this is the end of the suspensions I think the NFL is going to crack down on this more they keep sending out new information to their players so they understand that they they don't want players betting on the league at all so it'll be interesting to see what happens but I would imagine more suspensions are coming I don't think this is the end
0: yeah I I agree and um, so before we move on to our do's and don'ts, just a reminder, if you have any fan questions for us, feel free to reach out to us at contact or conquer. Your draft. You can reach us on social media through Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at conquer Your Draft. Or you can go to conqueryordraft.com, go to our podcast page. We have a form there you can fill out. We love to hear from you. But now let's dive into our draft do's and don'ts for this season. So I'll get us started off with a do, do your research. So, if you're listening to this podcast, congratulations. You're probably already a step up on your league mates. So, anybody who's been around the block when it comes to fantasy football knows that getting a head start means starting to prepare after the Super Bowl. Hmm. That's when the fantasy football season's preparation period really begins because that's when you need to be paying attention to roster and coaching changes, how injury recoveries are coming along. Because that can be the difference between drafting a player that's a rock star all year long versus a player that's never leaving your injured reserve. Case in point would be Michael Thomas over the past few seasons, really. If you paid attention to the fact that he was still injured and you said, no, nope, I'm checking out on that, you saved yourself a lot of heartbreak. So keep making sure that you're paying attention to the players throughout the offseason, especially leading into the months of July and August. That's when you're going to get a lot of your information. Because sometimes people who were heavily involved in the offense one year, they aren't anymore. So just keep look a lookout. Keep doing your research. Keep listening to this podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the idea of us doing this is hopefully people will get a leg up in their league. Uh, the more competitive your league is, the more fun it is for me, at least. Like I, I want to be part of a league that's competitive. I know people are want to win, but it, it always feels better to win when you know you're, you're defeating people who are trying. So it's nice to have uh, people in a, in a league doing some research and keeping on it. But I definitely agree with what you're saying about once the Super Bowl's over, like you don't just disconnect. You want to pay attention to the trends in the offseason. You want to see what changes are being made. So it makes a lot of sense. Thanks. All right, Mike, you have a do for us? Yes. So my first do is look out for those bye weeks. So this is actually something that I didn't worry too much about several years ago um, but it's something that i found to be very helpful when when actually drafting um, it's not listen it's not something that i 100% will not draft two people who have the same bye week that's not what i'm saying it's just keeping that eye on when your players have bye weeks so you can know and make sure you have some backups there too many times in a league where i've seen other people and myself get into trouble where we've drafted our team, we like it, but then suddenly, oh, we don't have room to fill this one spot because all our receivers seem to have bye weeks on similar or within the same realm dates. So you want to make sure that you can be mindful of those bye weeks. So when you're drafting and you're looking, well, I've got my two top wide receivers and their draft their bye weeks are weeks seven and eight, making sure that if you are torn between two people, Maybe you pick the one that for sure is playing when your top guys have the bye week. So I think it's just being mindful of bye weeks. Again, I don't think you want to, you know, take the best player available sometimes, but if, if you're tied and if you're close, I know later in the draft, I get closer. I'm like, oh, do I want this person? Do I want this person? I will get the tie breaker going to the player who has the bye week that is not going to impact me negatively. So, be careful of those bye weeks. Track them. Maybe have a sheet next to you as to when each team is on the bye week and just cross reference those as you're drafted.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. Like, it's not the end all be all to focus on the bye weeks, but I will add a point in agreement with you pay attention to when those bye weeks are because the season got expanded. So, that means. The bye weeks shifted a little bit later, too. And if you're fighting for a playoff spot, the last thing that you want is a week 13 or week 14 bye week when you're either entering your playoffs or in the final week of your season about to go into the playoffs. And now your best player or multiple players are out and now you're scrambling for replacements. So try to have them spread out through the season if you can. At the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal if you... Have a couple of guys in the same week just have a backup plan or be prepared to roll the dice.
1: <laughs> well, and one of the things we'll talk about later in our do's and don'ts is, is being being understandably a little bit less rigid. Like I've seen people be like, This is the plan and I'm sticking to it and I don't care and I'm going at it. Well, that's that's not a good plan either. You want to be yeah, able to don't be do flexible. That. So definitely, like without a doubt, keep an eye on it. But don't make it the thing. Be like, well, I can't draft anyone, even if it's this great player, but it has the same bye week later. You can sort some of that out during the year with waiver activity. But what I normally do is I sit here and go, hey, I got this really good player I wanted. Their bye week is week six. The next player I want, I really, really want them. They're going to help my team. Their bye week's also on week six. Okay, I'll draft them, but I'm going to make sure the next person in that position gives me a backup that is not on that bye week. I'll do little things like that. Where I'm still getting the players I want, but then I'm saying, okay, i I need to now be mindful of it. So I agree. It's it's all about being a little bit less rigid with it, but still just keeping an eye on it. It's good to have a piece of paper beside you with the buy weeks written out. Just have it. Have it as a reference sheet. It's very helpful.
0: Didn't you and I do a trade before the opener last year? Because we, both had... we didn't
1: follow this rule, yes.
0: <laughs> it, well, we did. It just it, it was our kickers and our defense yes. both we both had the same cause they were on different teams. I think they just happened to, they have, the same they just happened to have the
1: same. week. Yeah. So I, I can't yeah. remember what, but it was kicker and defense or whatever. So you and I had to trade, I think kickers, we traded yeah. kickers because we needed someone on a different bye week and you, you're the one who noticed it. And I went, Oh man, you're right. And, Honestly, the trade was like pretty equal. Like they were just two kickers. Like they were about the same. So the trade yeah. that's kicked off our trades. So the first trade was a trade like completely equal for the only reason to fix both of our roster issues. Yep. Just
0: yeah, get, let's just that. get get ahead of this now. Yeah, let's anybody. just do it
1: now. Make this trade now. Yeah. And people are like, wow, you guys are trading already. I'm like, yeah, because we both made a mistake. <laughs> like, we <laughs> need to correct an error.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to have to look for a defense and a kicker in the same week.
1: uh, No, no, and that would have been bad. So we made that quick change and there you go. Like it ended up being totally fine.
0: Yeah. All right, so I'll move on to a draft don't. So don't draft too early. If you've already drafted by the time you're listening to this, I'm sorry to tell you that you drafted way too early, especially if you're in a uh, redraft format.
1: Without a doubt, man, like, I don't know why people would, but it happens. They draft so early and oh, I just don't, uh, I totally agree with you. I think it's not a good idea at all.
0: Yeah, no, I ideally you shouldn't draft until the last week of the preseason, or mm-hmm. if you can time it up right, do it between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season. Obviously mm-hmm. that's kind of a tight window. So if it doesn't work out for your league, then it is what it is, but aim for the end of preseason. Cause this lets you get a feel for who the starters on each team are going to be. Cause you typically know by week three, week four of the preseason, cause the starters aren't playing anymore. You can look through all the different hype pieces that have come out through training camp and see which are actually seem to be accurate or which are just coach speak trying to pump their players up. And, uh, You are going to get the preseason injuries out of the way because that's really what's going to hurt you the most. Is you draft someone before preseason starts and week one he goes and tears his ACL.
1: Yeah,
0: just say goodbye for the season. You just you you took that draft pick and you lit it on fire. So there is there is nothing worse than than that happening to you. I mean, some it it's always a chance. There is always a chance. You know, you can draft the day before the NFL season regular season kicks off and your number one draft pick gets injured week one. That's the name of the game, but at least you can avoid the additional risk of the preseason if you wait till later on.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think drafting too early can be a really, really big issue um, that you see in leagues all the time. And like for, like, I've seen with some people where they have, I, what are those leagues called where you keep your players only to redraft some people? whatever. Uh, Keeper leagues. Keep yeah. Yeah. And like in those scenarios, some people make the arguments like, well, you're, you know, you're drafting in a bit of a smaller scenario of your team built. Okay. I can understand that, but with so many off-season, off-season changes and even what happens with the NFL draft can, can throw things around and people being released and all these things that keep happening. I just think it's better to at least wait till August. And yeah, ideally I really like to draft right at the end of August, if I can. Like if I can make that work, I I will do it. Um, but I um I definitely think that there's there's <laughs> there's too early. And uh we've seen that we've seen that happen too many, too many times to people.
0: Yeah, like my mind always goes back to the the Andrew Luck retirement because he retired yeah. towards the end of August. Yeah. Um so anybody who drafted even early to mid August if you dra- if you took him, and I think people were taking him to be like their QB one at the time, like that was the- he was going to be their starting quarterback for the season, yeah. uh, and then they they were just screwed. Yeah. So that's why you want to draft as as late as possible. The only exception to that really would be if you're in a dynasty league, uh, because then you're doing either your rookie draft, in which case you want to just do that as soon as the NFL draft is over, when you know where these rookies are going. Um, or if you're doing a dynasty startup because those are you're drafting for like you're looking years into the future as well like you're not just focused on this season so if one player ends up tearing his acl during the preseason your roster is so deep because of the way the dynasty format is set up not really the end of the world so with a dynasty format feel free to draft really whenever and they're extremely long drafts, so whenever you have time to do it. Uh, but if you're doing a redraft league or even a keeper league, you, you want to be aiming towards the end of August.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about dynasty drafts myself. I've never been part of one. Um, but I could understand from what you're saying why people would kind of do it that way. Um, but yeah, I, I I think for for me, it just comes down to if you're in just a, you know, you're changing, changing players every year and you're getting a new full roster, you might as well wait until at least you're into camp a bit before making those uh, moves just in case there's injury updates, different types of movements that may happen. It's just better to get as much information as you can before you draft.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, okay, my next... What am I doing? A don't? Yes, I'm doing a don't. Yeah, My first don't is don't worry about the matchups too early like it's it's one of those things where you don't want to get yourself too caught up worrying about different matchups that your players have this is player on player matchups team on team in the nfl you want to think about it a bit when you look at the schedules I mean you look at a team you have and you say well this person has a lighter schedule this type of thing i understand why you want to get some of that information all data can be good data it's just about how much you use it don't get caught up in the matchups too early because you don't know enough about these teams yet you think you do but some of the bias that comes into play about who these teams are hit you and it's like hard to get over the fact that like oh by the way the detroit lions are actually pretty good now Right? It's hard to get over that fact because they've been so bad for so long. So to me, matchups are something you worry about when you're in season. During your draft pick, the best players possible. Maybe use it again as maybe something to consider when you're torn between two players who might have a bit of an easier schedule. You just don't know enough about what these teams are going to be. There's a Shocker every year. There's a Cinderella team every year. There's a team that should have been good that's just dropping off the map every year. So be careful and not don't worry too much about matchups. Your best players are gonna get you points, regardless of who they play. Worry about matchups once you're in season and you're taking a look from week to week what the schedule looks like.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you you covered that pretty well. Like I was gonna say, um, you know, there there are a lot of strength of schedules that are out there where people project, you know, based on matchups how well a team should do each. Uh, each season, and that breaks down into uh, fantasy players as well and their fantasy value. Um, and it's something, like, don't get me wrong, like, don't just ignore that, because more often than not, they are relatively accurate, but they're relatively accurate. So, it like Mike said, every year there's some sort of surprise upset or some team that's expected to do great, like, their defense is supposed to be lights out, and everybody's scoring touchdowns on them or the opposite the this offense is not supposed to be doing great and you know you you draft a defense that's going to play them twice that season uh to try to get two easy uh high scoring defensive point weeks and then both those weeks your defense gets blown out for whatever reason you know so keep an eye on it because it, it is important but like mike said don't don't overfixate on it. Don't worry about it that much. Cause at the end of the day, week one, half of it's going to get thrown out the window and everyone's going to have to
1: readjust. There's a reason why when you do those pools of, of uh, survivor and you're picking winners each week that most people are out early, it, it's unpredictable. The league can be unpredictable, but which is what makes it fun. So yeah, I think, I think exactly what you're saying. It's another piece of information which doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's a good thing to have more data in front of you and to look at it, but don't worry too much about it until you get in season. That's when you can start looking at matchups as you see the trends of the league unfold.
0: Exactly. All right. So for my next do keep an eye on ADP in the event that you don't know what ADP stand for. It means average draft position and so this is made up from the average spot in a draft that players have been taken across both mock drafts and real fantasy football drafts. You can find this online and it's constantly updating as it gets more and more data as well as as more news comes out. Uh, so you'll, you'll see big swings uh, throughout the uh, preseason, throughout training camp as we get more of an accurate idea of what's going on and what we can expect. And so that's why you want to keep an eye on this ADP, because it's going to be the key to preparing for your draft. It gives you a general idea, and again, that's just general idea of when players will go off the board. Now, if you're playing in your home league with a bunch of people who don't really pay that much attention, they're kind of your more casual fantasy football players, then you don't need to worry about it too much, because odds are they're probably not going to pay attention to the ADP anyways, and then you need to instead focus on what's called the runs in the draft. And what a run in a draft is, is when certain positions start to get drafted by everyone. So it'll start with, let's say, you go and you pick a running back, and then the next is a quarterback, and another quarterback, and another quarterback. Well, the run for quarterbacks has just started. So if you're looking to get a quarterback early on, your next pick, you, you pretty much need to take one. Otherwise, you're going to be just picking up whatever's left. And and sometimes, depending on how many teams in your league if you miss out on the start of the run, then unfortunately you got screwed at that position. Cause you're by the time you even get a chance to pick another quarterback, all the, the good ones are gone. So pay attention to those runs, especially if they're happening in front of you in the draft, because then you have to make a, a decision, you know, do I want one of these two or three quarterbacks or am I okay with missing out on all three of them? And I'm going to take someone else instead. Cause there is value there. You know, if, if everyone's going running backs you can pick up two or three great wide receivers and then just find some serviceable running backs to carry you over. But you do need to pay attention to it. If you're in a more competitive league, then odds are players in your league are going to be paying attention to the ADP. So you need to pay attention to the ADP too, because that's going to tell you, you know, okay, if I've got this pick in the third round, is this player going to still be there or not? He might be going in the fifth round on average. So then, yeah, you're fine. You can wait. Or he might be going at the start of the third round and okay, he might still be there and I'm going to go and grab him if he's there. Or you might have to reach and take him around early. And there's pros and cons to doing that as well. And unfortunately, it's situation by situation, so I can't really give you any guidance there.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably the only aspect of your strategy that I don't adhere to. So I'm not going to make any comments. It's probably the only, (laughs) honestly, it's the only strategy where I'm like, I don't agree, but that's fine. You and I have have different strategies and it's probably the only one where I'm like, I can't even really, um, I can't even really make too many comments on it because I'm not going to go against what you're saying on the show. Um, If people want to listen to that, there's all the details and you laid it out very well. Oh, thanks. Um, Let's move on to a more helpful point. <laughs> um so <laughs> next next is my next do um which is be flexible so we kind of previewed this and talked about this and we have both said it but I, I really think it's an important one of being flexible while you're drafting to what happens in the draft happens in the draft this comes back to your placings on where you draft there's nothing you can do about it if you're one of those leagues that does you know random placings or snake draft or what have you you can't do anything about where you're placed You're placed where you're placed And now it's time to adjust and move forward. So being flexible to me really means understanding that everything that you come up with in strategy, some of it may have to go out the door based upon things we're talking about. Like one of the things you just brought up, Josh, about runs. I think that type of thing is really important to maintain. You may be sitting here going, well, I don't really want to pick a quarterback right now. But suddenly a run on quarterback goes. You've got to pay attention. You can't be too rigid. You have to be flexible to be like, well, maybe I have to make a quick change here because I'm seeing what else is happening in the league. And you're not competing about, against everyone in the world. You're competing against the 8 to 12 people or whoever, how many you have in your league. So you have to pay a bit attention to what's happening in the flow of your own draft. So I think that being flexible is just going to help you. If you go in with a flexible mindset to understand that, hey, these strategies are here. Trust your strategies. Trust your process, but make part of your process being flexible. Find ways to pivot. And even in advance, I often do that. I will sit down and come up with different scenarios and say, well, if, if things go not the way I'm thinking, then here are some ways that I can make adjustments or be a little more flexible. Like, well, but I can go this way, I can go this way, I can go this way. Even if you're the type of person who has to map things out, map out five or six different scenarios. It'll help you stay flexible during the draft and you won't get too caught up and worried and stressed out about what's happening in front of you. Keep calm and be flexible.
0: Yeah. And we're going to have an episode coming up in a couple of weeks where we focus on draft strategies and kind of outline some common strategies that exist in the draft. fantasy football world the pros and cons of each you know give you a bit more in-depth explanation on them so that you can use them in your draft if you so wish but like mike said you need to be adapting to what's going on in your league you know you can you can go into your draft saying okay with my first three picks i'm gonna draft three running backs and my team is gonna be great and then you get in there and let's say you're in a snake draft And you're the 12th pick out of a 12-man league or 12-person league. Well, everyone else in your league had the same idea as you, so now 11 running backs are off the board before you even take a pick. Mm -hmm. So probably the top 11 running backs are all now gone. If you stick with your strategy, you are setting yourself up for failure because let's say you stick with it, you take running backs with your first two picks, well, now you have two RB twos, more more than likely. You you don't really have an elite running back. You've just got two decent running backs. Yeah, that that's great, but that's not going to win you anything. And now, by the time you get to pick again, another twenty, another uh, well, twenty two picks are going to go before you. So now everyone else is picking wide receivers, and they're picking quarterbacks and tight ends. So now the elites of them are gone as well. And now you're stuck with just average or good players, but no great players. So like Mike said, you, you can go in with the best of strategies in your mind, but you have to pay attention to what your league mates are doing and be able to adjust from there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I did this last year, last year I drafted differently than I had drafted the years previous because of what happened in our draft. We don't, we don't do a snake draft. We, um, each in, in our Josh and mine house league, we um, basically have 16 different draft positions. And what happened was, is in the first round, I was drafting last. And even in the next, I think, four or five rounds, I had pretty low picks. And I had in my head, I was picking a quarterback in my first round pick. I knew the couple that I wanted. I wanted a quarterback. I had no reasons for that. By the time it got down to me, the quarterbacks were gone, at least some of the bigger ones. So I had to adjust on the fly. And for the first time in years, I ended up picking a running back first. I had been picking quarterback first for the past couple of years. And that was a big part of my strategy that has that has kind of adjusted over the past couple of years. And last year, I went against my own draft strategy. And I had to because of where it was. I ended up drafting a, quarter, a running back first, a wide receiver second, going back to running back. I didn't get a quarterback till six or seven picks in. And that's because I was seeing this run happening and going, well, I'm, I have to adjust. I'm not going to get the ones I want. I need to go with, give me the best points possible. And hey, I finished second in, in the pool at the end of the day. So there you go.
0: Yeah, it, it worked out well for me because my strategy was not to take a quarterback early. So I could kind of stay on my plan because everyone else was going QB heavy at the start. And the guy that I wanted, who Jalen Hurts, ended up still being there, I think like the fourth or fifth round. So I was like, perfect. Worked out great for me. But I just want to take a a minute and just talk about (laughs) our home league's draft setup, because it is the most stressful thing
1: ever. I love it.
0: (laughs) It, I hate it so much, but when I'm in it, I have the biggest adrenaline rush. Like I am vibrating. I am just sitting there. picked it. It is like a drug that I know is going to kill me and I still go and do because of just how how much adrenaline is pumping through my body and every like you can't plan past the first round really because you don't know what you're going to be picking at you know you might have the first overall pick and then you might pick last for like the next 5 rounds it's it's so hard to map out so I just want to explain that to our listeners. Cause I know like this is the only league I, I know of that does this. <laughs> Almost everyone else does like a snake draft or an auction yeah. draft or some format like that. So I just want to put that out there, like how flexible you really need to be uh, when you're in a situation like this, because from round to round, your draft strategy needs to change. Yeah you, know, you, you yeah. might pick first and then fifth and then 12th and then eighth and then second and then 12th again. It's just all over the place. And you never know, like like you have to be very strategic about when you're going to take the players that you want. Like you really need to call your shots because you have no idea how many picks are going to pass
1: before you get to pick again. Yeah. And I mean, the good thing, the way we now do it in terms of you do know, you don't know until you arrive. And when you arrive and we go through the draft order, you at least have it in front of you. The problem is, is because it's it is very randomized. You're right. You could be picking fifth in the first round and then last in the second round. You at least know that as we're about to start. So you have a few minutes to quickly look and be like, okay, where where am I? <laughs> you but, have a few
0: minutes to throw your entire plan yes, out and draft the new.
1: <laughs> which which again, the re- I mean, we did this for I you know this decision was made for parity reasons. We have a house leak that about half the people are really like into it and really serious about football. The other half are doing it for fun, but still pay attention and are involved. So we did it to add the parody and listen, I've got to say it, it it's worked because at least last year and even a bit the year before we had more people interested and engaged throughout the league. It kept things a little tighter. There wasn't this huge separation of teams. Like I i think very fast you and I got tiered at the B, at the top and every other team was near the bottom, but the games were competitive and people I think felt like they got better players. So it worked, it worked in terms of the parody. And I honestly, I do recommend it if you're looking for something fun to just throw into a mix into your league to make it different. It adds a, like Josh is right. It adds a huge element of adrenaline and excitement in the draft. And it, it makes, to me, it makes it very, very exciting because you're all over the place in your drafting.
0: Yeah, it is just, the Wild West. And when you combine that with like casual players who are taking like defenses in the fourth round, it's just a a nightmare to try to keep track of anything. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to uh have a little bit of a, a zany draft this year, absolutely recommend that. Just randomize, like number generate, pick a card out of a hat, whatever. Do that for each round, and just watch people's brains explode.
1: Yeah, we, we do the cards, uh, even though we've been doing online the past couple of years. It's fun. The, the deck of cards is fun to just see what, what pops out. Especially, I liked how we did it last year, where I'm going through people's names and I'm randomly showing a card to the camera and people are like freaking out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. We've got time for one more uh, draft don't. This is going to be a two-parter episode. So come back next week for part two of our draft do's and don'ts. Uh, So, Mike, you'll probably enjoy this uh, since you don't really agree with the ADP anyways. So don't hyper focus on the ADP.
1: It's a great take. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So despite what I talked about uh, earlier, remember that ADP isn't everything. So as it says right in the name, it's the average draft position. It's not a guarantee. So if you focus solely on the ADP, you can end up with players on your bench that you don't want or don't even need. But you only took them because of their value. So you can't just be a slave to the ADP, you know, just because, oh, you know, this running back, his ADP is actually like three rounds ahead and he's still here. Well, there might be a reason why. He might have an injury, you know, he might, there might've been news that came out very recently and your ADP isn't up to date, or you might already might have three elite running backs. What you really need is a wide receiver. Okay. So taking that fourth running back is going to do you no good. It's just going to, it's actually going to hurt you at that point. So you can't just focus on the value. It is a great guide and you can win your league by getting players who end up being great for dirt cheap. But it can also hurt you if that's all that you focus on, because you need to maintain a balanced roster. You need to have some good players at every position, because if one of those elite players goes down and you were just trying to get by on running backs alone, you are in big trouble. Hmm. Also, just because uh, ADP says the player is going to go at a certain spot doesn't mean that they will. You know, no. Look at the NFL draft. Every year there's surprise draft spots, right? Will Levis was supposed to be a top, r- top first-round pick this year. Instead, he fell all the way to the second round. Okay? So keep the ADP in mind, but adjust as you need to. Like Mike said, stay flexible. And if you can get somebody for a lot later in the draft that's a value and works for your team, punch it. Absolutely. Go grab them, get them on your roster, but don't pick somebody up that you don't need just because you think that it's good value. Odds are, it's just going to end up hurting you in the long run.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, I, I I like the half of that, which is don't worry about too much. And I don't agree with the half of it. That's worry about it. So there you go. Little something for everybody. (laughs)
0: little little something for
1: everybody. everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, Mike, we got a few minutes left. Do you want to update our listeners on how your summit went?
1: Well, uh, my, you know, my summit was extremely unsuccessful. Um, <laughs> I, I ended up having to do a lot more work than I thought I would. And I failed completely to get as much done as I wanted. Uh, so I would call it an absolute uh, failure to accomplish any of the things that I wanted to accomplish. So now
0: where does that put you? In terms of like your confidence level for this fantasy football season,
1: um, I am still reasonably com- confident. I'm I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling somewhat prepared. I am not quite where I want it to be. So there's, but there's still time. Um, I'm going to be trying this exercise again. I think um, maybe when I'm a little bit less busy. But uh, I will, I will definitely need another kind of session to sit down and map out my own strategies. Because the thing is, is, when you run a league, there's a lot, there's actually quite a lot to do, especially to prepare for the draft, get the team sorted. You're really like, regardless of if if, if it's true or not, you are responsible for everyone else showing up. So um, there's a lot to like, try to make sure I find the people, fill out our league, make sure everyone's committed, get them there, get them physically at the draft. the draft information prepared um so i need time to prepare my own strategies there's just no time in the lead up to the draft so i'll be doing this again but i was able to prepare most of my rankings i've gone through a few times i've gone through a few like i want another quick look at it before i submit it to you josh and we kind of get our rankings together but i was able to spend at least some time thinking about the various players and where I would draft them this year. So that's why I'm saying, you know, it's, it, there was some success to it, but overall a disaster. Well,
0: sorry to hear that it was not as successful as you had, you'd hoped.
1: No, it was, it was nothing, you know, it's, it wasn't quite as, as successful as Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat seemed to be for him. So
0: did you see the rant he went on about psychedelic drugs?
1: No, I didn't. I try not to uh, listen to things that he say or or even uh, a- acknowledge that he exists.
0: <laughs> it's hard to do when he's always in the news. Uh, in the news, eh?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he loves being in the news.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he went on like a whole like rant, basically about like why are we banning drugs that uh, expand our mind and letting drugs that like close our mind be legal? Yeah, it was a whole because there are no
1: drugs that expand your mind that's why but anyway topic for well the day.
0: yeah old old nipples uh, old nipples feels differently i guess
1: yes but that's probably because he's he's not intelligent like that's the thing like i like the i don't think i'm the smartest guy on the planet but i like the way my brain works and i like the way i process things why would i ever want to change it so so if there's something you don't like that's what i'm saying like he most people who exude confidence and exude intelligence it's because they don't feel that way inside. There's a part of them that is that is very insecure and they feel like they have to posture and put on this show in order to show people, no, 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 this is how I am. So that's my problem with Aaron Rodgers. He's a phony. That's my big problem with him. And I think that when he... he kids listen to what, what stars say. And he's a star and he should take that a little bit more seriously. But he doesn't care. He's just going to continue to do what he does. But listen... He's he's washed up. He's done. He's going to come in and have an OK season. He's not going to win anything else and he's going to eventually disappear. And that's what he's not going to like. He needs the attention. So he'll always be saying anything worthwhile to get himself on television.
0: I love getting you riled up about Aaron Rodgers.
1: Well, that's uh, because. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's all true. Like, I'm sorry. All, all of what I said is is true. And you can like Aaron Rodgers. Hey, you can even agree with him in general. And that's fine. We we can all disagree with each other. And that's fine. That's It's opinion-based things. He says a lot of things that have no basis in logic, reality, science, mathematics, or anything. And you just want to let him just live his life, then fine. Go live your life, but do it in private.
0: <laughs> all right. Man. Well, on that note, that will uh, be it for today. And next week, come back for part two of draft do's and don'ts. Then we're going to get into draft strategies after that, and then into our positional breakdowns and our rankings for this upcoming season. Thanks for listening. Take care. Stay safe, everyone.